Hi everybody, um, good afternoon. It is uh, Tuesday. Um, I, I had meetings this morning, got back fairly early. I want, I've been wanting to do this video for some time now. I'm just not, you know, um, sure how to, um, you know, do it. But um, for those of you that know me, knows that the last couple of years I've had some pretty serious health issues. And since God spared me my life this last time, I've been working on a book, um, you know, and, and it is more an autobiography, but it's to show people that that we do have a healing God and, and a God that works within us and a God that can really change the situation from bad to good. When I was a, a younger man, uh, very young, I was sexually abused by a swimming instructor. Um, nobody in my family I had great parents. I was adopted. Um, uh, my brother passed away a couple of years ago. My, well, three years ago, my dad passed away two years ago. I was the only male left, you know, and my life was almost snared from this earth. You know, and I'm going to get into that in a few minutes, though. But life was kind of difficult for me at the beginning because around the age of, I think it was 12 or 13, I started exposing myself um, and acting out you know, in that manner. That's how my criminal life has gone um, throughout um, my years was it, it never advanced from public indecency, but you know, that was something that should not have happened. And I had to own up to it and say, hey, I got some issues that I need to work out that God can really um, um, handle the situation and, and protect us. Sometimes we have to protect ourselves from us. Um, so we don't destroy ourselves and others or family members. But I spent many years in prison for a crime I did not do. And when I say I, I did not do, I committed public indecency, which was I was first charged with that. The judge dropped that and ordered me into counseling. And I went and then I just got an indictment a couple months later saying attempted kidnapping. And know what their excuse was? They did not know what my what my motive was. There was no evidence that showed anything about attempted kidnapping. It was just, you know, I was told by the press, uh, by my attorney at the time, that if I did not plead guilty, I was going to do all this extra time, which I found out later in life, I couldn't, I could not have done. But as I, as I get that straight on here now, I just wanted people to know that, um, I knew God, you know, I knew who God was, you know, I, I invited him into my heart when I was 13 years old. I was at Palmer Heights Baptist Church um, in Palmer Heights, Ohio. It was a Sunday night. I was with my mom, my dad, my whole family, most likely. Um, um, my uh, brother was 16, I think, at the time. He was, I think he was uh, three or four years older than me. Um, but my oldest sister, definitely was there because I remember her being there. Um, but we went to um, church every Sunday night for the most part. We went every every Wednesday and every Sunday morning. Now just recently they brought back a Sunday night again. I, that's my understanding. Um, you know, a lot of churches have taken away the Sunday nights. But sometimes that's nice to kind of meet with people and talk with them on a Sunday night as well. And, you know, you should never get tired of hearing the gospel. Yeah, so, um, you know, I was, I was raised in an awesome 
household. Um, both my parents were Christians, and they raised us accordingly. You know, but I started acting out from abuse that took place when I was younger, and it never advanced from exposing myself, but that's really what happened. Um, but I was more of a nuisance than anything. And yes, what I did was mentally disturbing, and it should never happen. And I'll be the first to admit it and apologize to all those that it did affect. Um, so I spent, I spent more than half my life in prison. Well, I didn't really, <coughs> I ded rededicated my life to Christ when I was locked up. And I just got to the point where I was tired of repeating past mistakes, mistakes that would continue to go, continue to go. Um, so I was released January 24, 2010. And that was really an exciting day for me. This Some of it, so this is going to be funny though. Um, both my sisters came to pick me up. My one sister came from Texas. My other one came from Brunswick. And they were like two, three hours late. You know, um, everybody else was out by 8 o'clock or 8.30. And I'm sitting there. And I asked the officer, I said, can I go back to my bunk later? And he said, you're, you're a free man now. You know, so I, I said, can I stand? I said, he said, you could do as you want as long as it's legal. Um, so I stood outside. I didn't smoke at that point because they took cigarettes out four or five years before that. Um, but it, my sisters were awful late. They finally did arrive. Boy, was I excited and happy because I knew I was going to have some fun that day. Because they asked me where would I like to eat, and I do not remember where it was at. But boy, they had good food. And I remember trying to... Um, you know, I was trying to order my food, and my sister said, you could look at the waitress. You know, so I looked up at the waitress, then I started using my fork to cut the meat. You know, um, this is after um, the waitress gave us the food, and my sister said, they do have steak knives here. You know, so I got a steak knife, and I, believe it or not, I did remember how to use one. But it was kind of um, funny, the things that we all take for granted but when you get released after doing this, you know, any amount of time, you kind of forget the, the basics. Now, so after we went to eat, we, we went to get a haircut because my hair was down to my um, shoulders for the most part. And so we went to the barber shop. I think, I don't even know if it was uh, Walmart or who, but... My sister's over there explaining to the barber how to cut my hair. One sister's saying this, one sister's saying that. I didn't say a word. I just let them go at it. But um, I had a great time with my sisters that day. And not knowing what was lying ahead of me with, with, with health issues. Two years later or so, um, I had my first heart attack. And I was taken to OSU East. The heart attack did not show up on the, on an EKG, but it did on the heart enzymes. Um, so they had me in that hospital, and you know they were going to do the surgery. Uh, oops, uh, um, they were going to do the surgery. Um, uh, right, right. Oops. Uh oh. Um, hold on. Sorry, guys. 
they were going to do the surgery, um, you know, that week. But um, the problem was I had the flu and I didn't feel sick. So my sisters came up to visit me and I was not the politest person. Um, you know, I had to really grow up a lot since then. But um, everybody had to wear a mask and see me. Um, they sent me home, though, for a week or so. Then uh, um, we scheduled the um, open heart. I um, came back. I, I remember, um, uh, you know, one guy, one older guy who used to come to our church in the morning just to shake hands with people. Um, um, you know, he came there and 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 you know said hi to me. Um, my, I think, um, I don't know. If, yeah, I think Paul, my roommate, was there at the time, and my brother Glenn. And it was a six-hour surgery. But that was successful. But two weeks after I got out, I had a pretty serious heart attack then where the pain was horrible. They rushed me to the hospital. Um, they uh, uh, said the grafts did not, um, came all undone that they did for the open-heart surgery. So they started trying to treat me with medication. You know, and I was doing pretty good. I ended up having another heart attack since then. But um, May 5th of 2020, I went in for a brain scan because apparently I had symptoms of a stroke. Well, they were going to release me when I got to the hospital. I was feeling better. Then my voice got real slurred. It took me back, you know, because I owed, at that point I called my roommate. According to my roommate, I called him. He said, "Come pick me up." But um, they took me back for a scan, and when they brought me back to my room, I don't know what happened. I'm going by what the hospital said is I coded twice, and I had two strokes, and they said it was an allergic reaction um, to um, to the contrast dye. And what I'm about to say, some of you guys might think I'm, I'm nuts or not, but I know what I saw, and I know that God was involved in this whole ordeal. Uh, um, but my roommate came into the hospital and said, um, he's been out there waiting for me, and the nurse said, let me get the doctor down here. The doctor came down and said, sir, he's not going nowhere. Um, you know, he got pretty sick, and he's going to be here for a while. So... He received so many calls. Um, my sisters did a web page um, so people could know what it, what was going on. But I remember, and um, this must have been right before I died the first time, was I heard my sister crying. You know, then the next thing I noticed is I'm looking straight up, straight up in, in, in the sky. I don't know over the top of my head. Or, or the ceiling, or what it was. Um, but I seen two doors. One was a bright red one on the left, and one was a pinkish white door on the right. And I was ushered fastly through that door. Um, it was just like it was on the other side of the side of the wall or whatever. That's 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 how quick it was. And I re remember a man meeting me there and handing me a piece of paper that said righteousness. And um, I asked, I said, where am I? They said, in the city of Oman. 
And then I, I, I remember asking, where the house is at? And the many mansions, he said, 20 miles up the road in Omar. I Googled up their cities later on, and, and they are um, cities in the mi Middle East. This is something I did not make up. It was so real, and, and um, just like that, I, I came back. But I died twice that day. I'm not sure what happened the next time. But they had me an induced coma later after um, they did revive me the second time. And that was like, a, 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 I don't know, two weeks of nightmares. You know, so I would never be able to be a good drug addict. But, um, you know, I did a lot of negotiating, I, you know. Um, to be honest, I didn't want to come back. I tell you what I seen, I, that I saw, I did not want to come back. But but I said, God, if I'm if I'm going to serve you, show me how. And I knew I wanted to continue into the um, the prison reform and and pro reform and wrongful convictions, as we are. But I also wanted people to know my faith. And that's part of who I am today. And I share my faith of Christ. I share what Christ has done to me and how he has changed my life and how um, how he brought me back from death. And, and nobody can dispute that that wasn't God because no human being can do that. And the devil don't do good. And I was... You know, I had a chaplain um, when I was in re the rehab after I had, after, um, you know, to learn how to walk again. Because they tried to start me in the hospital, but when they first took the ventilator out, my voice was so hoarse. And you could look at it on a YouTube channel. I changed starts with us, Ohio. Um, I barely could call. I couldn't even figure out how to use the phone. I had to have the, um, the nurse dial my sister. Um, so I could talk to her. But the um, later on that day, the, um, occup the occupational and physical therapist came in and they said, let's get you out of bed, let's stand. So they got me up out of bed. I fell straight down. They caught me, though. I didn't know what was wrong with my legs. I didn't know what was wrong with my arms. It was about a week later I found out I had two strokes. You know, and I didn't, you know, you know, that was worrying me because I felt so, so out of control. I, I didn't have control of my own body. You know, and that was really scary because I'm used to being able to walk, maybe not the best. I used to be able to do a lot of things that I can no longer do. And then everything that happened during this, uh, I, almost eight weeks in the hospital, was all divine by God. It was his plan. It might have been to bring me closer to him. It was, you know, that might have been so many different reasons why. But all I know is that I'm here to serve him. We are here to fight for fair laws. We don't expect people just to be released for the sake of being released, but we do believe that people should be treated fair and with respect and have a fair opportunity for release. Um, so, that, that at first it seemed, you know, like um, I was not going to make it. They, um, the chaplain came down, and I remember I don't know if it was a doctor or a nurse said, the chaplain is here, Mr. Cronenberg, to talk to you. 
And the first thing I did is I kicked him. I don't know why I did that because that's not me. I'm not violent. Um, I think I was trying to tell him I'm not dead yet. Um, you know, I would love to know who the chaplain was. You know, and I wish that there was a way that I could find out who the chaplain was to say sorry and thank him for coming down. But they told my sister that I may not make it that, you know, through the night. You know, and my sisters had it where only the family can call the hospital because the first night the hospital received hundreds of calls. Um, you know, and, and one nasty call, I guess, on me which I don't really care. Um, you know, so that's why my sisters, my youngest sister put together that web, that website because somebody shut down my Facebook page at the time and they wanted people to know what was going on instead of everybody um, jumping to conclusions. I, I will never forget this. One lady said, I thought you died. That's what everybody said. I said, God's not ready for me yet. I was ready to go, but he wasn't ready for me yet. This so there's plan and a purpose here on earth. And so a lot of room was rent around, you know, um, just like they do, you know, other times of the year. If it's not on your health, it's on your past or whatever. But people like to spread the rumors and say this and that. And the only reason I survived this, the only reason, I, you know. I was brought back was because it was God's plan. God is the one that determines whether we leave this earth or stay. Not mankind. Remember, folks, life is precious from the moment of conception to natural death. We need to remember that all life, I don't care what a person has done wrong in his life, that does not define him who he is today, unless if he refuses to change. First John 1 John 1.9 says, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we are to be more like Christ. Are we not to forgive? The Lord's Prayer says, If you can't forgive others, how do you expect God to forgive you? You know, and that is true. You know, we want to we take things in our own hands sometimes. Because that seems like it's the best way to really handle things. And it's not. Let's let's try to live more like Christ. Let's try to be a good example. Let's share the good news. And let's be kind to others. And let's start today. Um, we have an opportunity to pray for those who are incarcerated, those in the hospital, those in nursing homes, those that are homeless. We, you know, we're going to have a, a Christmas card signing on the 20th of uh, November at my house. And if you'd like to donate stamps or cards, you can mail them to 1141 Oakwood Avenue, Columbus, Ohio, 43206. Again, that is 1141 Oakwood Avenue, Columbus, Ohio, 43206. Last year, we sent out over 300 cards. And we're planning on doing that again this year. Um, so, last year, uh, my friend, Jarena Williams was here. Um, Candace, Jerry Vaughn, Jerry McMeans. Um, 
I think and and uh, I think there's somebody else too. I just can't remember who it was. But we're gonna be um, doing that again this year. And and we want you know, it's a very lonely time being locked up around the holidays. And you know, I'm not saying that we should not hold people accountable, but let let's remember that they are people still. And people can change for the better. But a lot of times they need prayer just like any of us do. But I appreciate each and every one of you taking the time today to listen and, and you know, um, please stay tuned for the book if it ever gets done. If you'd like to help me write this book, uh, feel free to inbox me. It would be greatly appreciated. Um, you know, I've done so many horrible things in my life, but by the grace of God, I was forgiven. You know, and you know, and I ought to forgive others just like Christ forgave me, everybody. And I really appreciate everybody. Um, please check out our website at www.changestartswithusohio.org. Again, that is www.changestartswithusohio.org. Our email is changestartswithusohio at gmail.com. And again, folks, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, everybody, for joining us.